to our our uh, virtual episode of <laughs> this is Quarantine. the part i don't get quarantine extravaganza yes it only took us 89 tries to figure out how to do this <laughs> over the phone <laughs> but we got there and that's the most important part so welcome to what i'm guessing is episode 29 yes it is i i did check while we were in the middle of everything okay yes i'm bay and i'm jay and this, and is, this the is the part I don't get. That we don't get. Um, yeah, so uh, I, I've i had quite the week. I'm sure you've had quite the week. Yeah, this is this is just crazy. I feel like I'm in an alternate universe or something. Yes. I uh, have 20 rolls of toilet paper left, and I don't feel like it's enough. Well, I hope you um, can spare a square. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Yeah, I've been to four different grocery stores. I was able to get my taxes done. And, oh, yeah. My uh, fiance did his taxes as yeah. well. And sleeping in a lot. And I went for a walk today. That was nice. So I, I got this topic done a little earlier than usual because I needed something to do. <laughs> uh, and I well, made mine a light-hearted shorter yes. topic i did as well i didn't I, I don't think we need anything depressing because we already have enough <laughs> of that in the news exactly and uh something a little uplifting something a little funny but yeah. for anyone who's listening we apologize for any sound quality we had to get a little creative this week yeah because uh jay and i are practicing social distancing so we're not with each other right now right which is so sad yes womp, womp. Yes, it's very. It feels so so weird, but it does. Um, I I haven't gone this long without seeing you in a while. I know. I I I haven't really seen anybody. (laughs) I know. We'll have to Facetime after this. Yes, but um, for sure. I think it's your turn. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure it's yours. All right. Um. So my topic is, um. Have you heard of a restaurant called uh, the, the Shed at Dulwich? No. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, so it was num- uh, in 2017. It, I was just making sure I was saying it right. Um, in 2017, it was London's number one rated um, restaurant on TripAdvisor. The only caveat is... Ready? <laughs> drum roll yeah. um yes. it, it didn't exist it and it does not exist oh my god that's <laughs> so funny because i almost did a super similar topic really yeah so yeah. This, this uh yeah so this is uh the story about um how a uh, writer named uba butler um he basically made a fake restaurant and um made it number one on TripAdvisor. um so backing up a little bit um in april of 2017 um he uba butler is a writer for vice and at this time um he basically he'd been kind of disillusioned because he had been um a writer for 
uh, TripAdvisor, and he would get paid by restaurants to write fake reviews. And he would see these restaurants after, you know, these fake reviews have been written, he'd see them like climb up in the rankings and, you know, basically, you know, monetize off, off of these just completely fake reviews. And he said he would basically just go to the, go to the um, restaurant's website and like look at some of the menu and just, just basically like pick a dish and like write about it. He wouldn't even go? No, no. That's why, that's why it's fake. (laughs) Cause that would be a real, well, yeah, because, I mean, why why go through all the work if you're just going to write, like, a... I don't know. know. The truth matters? Well, that, would, that would be a real review. Okay. <laughs> they, they only want, well, I should say fake good reviews. <laughs> okay. Um, So, I think he thought, well, this just seems like a fraud. Like, a lot of this is, you know, people really rely on these websites. I know I do. Like, I look at ratings all the time. Yeah. But, so, he's like well, shit, I wonder how far I can take this. Like, what if I made a fake restaurant? Okay. Um, and I want to get it to number one on TripAdvisor. So um, so he kind of looks around. He, uh, he's, he's literally he's living in this very, very small, I guess a flat, as they would call it. Um, well, but it does have a little yard and he has a shed in the back. Okay. So <laughs> he's like, okay, well, I'll call my restaurant the shed at at Dulwich. Um, so in order to get on TripAdvisor, um, you have to, um, basically you need an, an address. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. So literally he goes out and buys this $13 burner phone and says, okay, this is going to be where people can call me for the restaurant. And this will be the number that I put. And then, um, instead of giving like his actual address, he keeps it vague and just gives his street, like the street, and then um, and says it's by appointment only. Um, okay. So that, that actually was, that's smart. Yeah, very smart. So um, so okay, he gets approved by TripAdvisor. He starts he starts at the bottom ranking, which is eighteen thousand one hundred forty ninth. That's a lot of freaking restaurants in London, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um. So then he, you know, he wants to work his way up. Um, so first he buys a, a website domain and he gets help from his friends who um, the, I, I'll post these pictures on Facebook and you'll probably find them whenever you post the Instagram pictures. They're, they're one of the, they're like in the articles. Okay. Um, but he, uh, he posts fake pictures of food that he makes himself and he uses like household supplies. Like, so he takes this sponge and he paints it black and it's kind of hard to imagine, but um, it looks like a molten lava cake the oh, way I he does totally it. I can totally see that because of the yeah. texture of his and then, sponge. Yeah. And then he uses um, shaving cream. Why did he just cream. make a cake? I feel like that's so it, much more effort to paint a sponge. I don't know, but he, well, I mean, if I made a cake, it probably wouldn't look, I don't know. Well, first of all, you know, real cake, like you have to actually be good at it to make it look good. Whereas like a sponge, it doesn't move, you know, it it keeps its form. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it's just to make a point, but any used um, shaving cream um, instead of, I guess, I guess it's supposed to be whipped cream. But actually, um, you know, that's not that far off because when I took photography in high school, my photography teacher said that she had been paid to take food pictures for restaurants before. And yeah. a lot of the time they do do stuff like that to make it look more appetizing. 
they'll put fake things in there and they'll paint oh, yeah. they'll paint the food and stuff like that in certain ways to to make yeah, it because look you, more you want it to appetizing. Like, yeah. Yeah, you want it to like really stand out and you know, real food obviously gets, you know, changes over time. Yeah. <laughs> so it's hard to, you know, take a it's you know, food's not photogenic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then he also used uh bleach tablets and he painted them red and I don't even know what it was supposed to be but when you look at it you're like wow that looks like really some sort of really fancy dish um and (laughs) the best part is this was like this part I really didn't get but you just have to kind of see it and then it makes more sense but he he put he got like an egg and then I guess he he it was like a fried egg and he put the fried egg against his ankle and from the way the picture's taken, you can't really tell that it's his foot in the picture, but it is his foot. So literally one of the pictures is a, a fried egg rust against his foot. <laughs> um, and I guess, I don't know if he did the picture. I think he hired a friend or something. He That's one thing. He does have a lot of contacts just given that he's a writer, Okay, you know, so I think that probably helped him. So anyway, um, he starts going up the ranks he's in like the 10,000 range now um and he also another big one is he has his friends write fake reviews and he makes sure that they all write from their own computers because TripAdvisor does have these settings and um you know anti um like fraud Uh like uh I guess computer capabilities to keep to make sure that it isn't like you know just one person Right. Yeah. It's not like a robot, you know, just making a bunch of reviews, but because they were all done by real people, they didn't pick up on that. It was fake. Um, so, you know, it's, I think a few weeks in, he gets his first actual call, uh, on the, on the burner phone. And it's somebody asking to, uh, make, uh, to make a reservation for like a seven year old's birthday party. And he said he was just so, not expecting it that he just said I'm sorry we're booked for six weeks out and then he just hung up (laughs) (laughs) and then um so eventually he starts getting you know more and more um he he starts getting emails too uh, and it's so funny the way people try to um you know they use different leverage to to get like they think it's so exclusive that they'll say like um, this one guy used his girlfriend's job at a children's hospital for leverage. He got emails from TV executives using their work emails, um, like trying to get a table. And then, and then he says, at, at seemingly overnight, it goes to they get ranked at number one thousand four hundred fifty-six. Um, and then he he's like, well, how is this happening? And then he realizes that the appointment having to book it by appointment and the lack of an address and just basically it's so exclusive that people are like really um, fascinated by it. And it just makes them more like more interested in it. And so the calls keep coming. Oh, another thing he did, cause he, he realized that he needed like some sort of niche or something like creative. So on his menu, he does, instead of like just regular food items, he does, he calls his foods moods. So, like, you order based on your mood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they have, like, I can't even remember what, like, you know, Happy, like, in pace. Sad. Yeah, well, 
impatient or um, disgruntled, I think were, were some of them. And so, you know, he would have people write in reviews like, oh, I tried the disgruntled and, um, you know, it was really what I needed at the time. Um, but it's kind of funny because even the reviews, like they had little things in there that like were kind of like, like um, s slight negative things. So it wouldn't be too obvious that it was fake. It was like, oh, it was so great. They offered us a blanket outside, but we said no because the blanket had a small stain on it. So it was like, it was just really genius the way the way he did it. And then eventually he even gets, um, he gets calls from, uh, he said, people wanting to put his restaurant in like some sort of in-flight uh, video like for the airlines. And then he gets a call from a PR company and he even does like a, like a F FaceTime or Skype interview with the PR agency. And like, for some reason he decides, I guess he'll look sophisticated if he wears this like furry hat <laughs> or it's like a, or, yeah, it's, it's like it's like it looks like a woman's hat like a fedora and, and type so, thing yeah yeah kind of yeah something like that I don't know some sort of you know designer would wear um and the PR company like says oh they can get you like these celebrities to come and you'll be in the you know in the newspaper but he obviously turns them down because he's not real um so eventually he gets to number 30 and, you know, his phone, his phone is like blowing up at this point, the little burner phone. Um, I think he said he left it at a friend's house for like a weekend. When he came back, there were 116 missed calls <laughs> and like a shit ton of emails. So uh, he gets emails from all over the world, from like people from like Norway and, um, you know, booking like really, really far in advance. So... Um, finally, on November 1st, uh, 2017, just six months after he started everything, um, he gets an email from TripAdvisor saying his restaurant made number one. Um, so he accomplished what he wanted to do. And then, but finally, he re realizes, um, you know, shit, people are going to start to realize like that this is fake so he's like I've got to do like a basically a like an opening night type of thing even though it's already open but like he's got to actually serve people here <laughs> um so what he does is he um he basically I think he invites he invites a bunch of his friends to come and like act like other patrons at his at the shed like he basically sets up a few tables in his backyard and then he puts some some heaters up. Um, he even puts some chairs, um, a table and chairs on the top of his his little shed. And people are sitting up there that, again, like either actors or people that he knows, like just pretending to enjoy the atmosphere. <laughs> and And to make it like, I guess, different or, you know, to make it weird and for, you know, for it to stand out, he he gets chickens and then um, gets like, I guess there's a little like chicken coop area. So he puts the chickens in there as if like people are picking their own chicken to Ew. slaughter, <laughs> but they're not actually, yeah, but yeah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
so I can't remember how he chooses, like who who are the actual guests, but I maybe it's just at random. But so he gets these people. He I guess he picks them up at like a spot on his street, and he has them blindfolded. Um, and they actually do this too. That's the amazing part. Um, and then he has his friend, um, who is a chef, come over, and they go to the grocery store and they get some uh, TV dinners. <laughs> and that is what they end up serving these these people that think they're going to this, uh, you know, number one rated um, restaurant. They're served TV dinners. Um, but of course, he kind of makes like a fake menu. Well, he already has a fake menu, but, um, you know, he gives them what I, he they make the they manage to make the TV dinner look like really good and people like that that went actually said they enjoyed it like it was it was crazy it, again it's like one of the things there, there's also a video too that kind of outlines everything but it's just like it, it just goes to to show like oh and sorry one more thing he also had a DJ that was playing the sounds that you would hear at a restaurant <laughs> oh like clinking of uh, glasses yeah yeah but yeah <laughs> yeah so that seems like an awful was, lot of work to prove a point it was and, it, and it's one of those things where like you know he just had like a he had all these connections so I think that helped a lot too. yeah um he even had like some celebrity take a picture um but, but like the the picture it was like with he told him to take a picture with some fancy food but the food he took a picture with wasn't very fancy so he didn't end up using that picture but um but I mean of course if you have a chef like prepare a tv dinner it's gonna look way better but it kind of goes to like show that like when you think you're getting it's like mind over matter like when you think you're being fed like the finest food you know in London or wherever you are that like you're you you believe it yeah you know so, um, yeah, and of course, you know, the story came out and he later talked to TripAdvisor and was like, kind of, well, how come you didn't catch this kind of thing? And they're like, well, we're used to like other restaurants, like trying to, you know, um, like come up with like fake reviews and things like that. But we've never had anyone make a fake restaurant. So this is kind of a first for us. <laughs> um so that's kind of the, the story of how this guy tricked everybody. And they were just like, you slipped one past us, oh well. Kinda. I mean, yeah. I mean, they they still stand by that they have all sorts of, you know, good um, programs and applications to, to, you know, prevent that from happening. Yeah, but, but I mean, he did. I mean, technically, he did open up a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, he definitely did way more work than I think yeah. any average yeah. person would. Yeah, like, I, he spent, like, yeah, I think his, like, this was basically his job for a while, you know, while he was writing this article. Yeah, like, and he spent at least a little bit of money on it as well. Definitely a lot of energy right. with contacts and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Well, but so I, was, I just thought it was interesting. I, one of my almost um, topics was very, very similar. It was supposed to be like a landmark and it was in the UK as well. I don't know if it was in London, but it was definitely in the UK. 
and it was called like the whole something the whole of prosperity or something like that and essentially it was this wall this like stone wall next to an atm on the corner and the stone wall (laughs) had like a hole a circular shaped hole built into it and the location the landmark was this hole in the wall (laughs) (laughs) literally and um TripAdvisor and it was next to an ATM. And, and it made it so high up on TripAdvisor that they just took it down. And like all, the, but see, <laughs> that was kind of like almost like a big pen for her kind of situation where people uh, yeah, like wrote were... in ridiculous yeah. comments about how great it was and how beautiful <laughs> it was and stuff like that. I loved it like that. <laughs> so... Well, on his website, actually, or on the Facebook website, people are still leaving reviews. And I think they're just doing it now. Like, yeah, kind of like, like the, like that, um, like the wall thing. It's just like to be funny and just to kind of play along with the joke. I'm surprised they didn't take it down off the, on the, off the website. Yeah. Yeah. The website's still up. Well, I don't, it's not on TripAdvisor anymore, but um, it's still on like his website's still active. Oh, his website. Okay. Yeah. And his Facebook, um, like I looked up the, the Facebook for the uh, for the restaurant too, and that that's where I saw like reviews that were like very recently, and it, it that you could tell they're like being funny because it was like one one woman was like, "I'm so glad I missed my child's ballet recital for this," <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just like very over the top. <laughs> All right. Well, that was a very good one. I appreciated that. Yeah, and and I did think of it. It made me think of some psychology because um I I just remember like a a study in I think social psych that they did that they found that like the more like hoops that you have to go Mm -hmm. through to um to join something or to be involved in something the more you'll likely report like that it was that you enjoyed it or that it's you know positive feedback it's because like you just kind of because it's like you did all this work yeah. and just kind of convince yourself that it's um, that it was worth it. So I think that's also, you know, the more exclusive it is. Um, yeah. You know. And it's the whole, like, people don't want to miss out. Yeah, so. a lot of FOMO there. Right. And just feeling special. Like, oh, I got a table there. And, you I know, bet you there were people. Most people have to wait six who, months or something like that. I bet you there were people who lied. Well, yeah. Yeah, I'm starting to wonder that, too. Oh, the shed? I've been there loads of times. Yes, I know the owner. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my topic is definitely the opposite of appetizing. Um, But it's still funny. Uh Oh, I'm glad we already ate. (laughs) You like to do the gross topics, don't you? I I don't know. I didn't. Well, because this is where my brain goes. Because we're supposed to think of things that we don't get, and this is automatically where my brain, the trajectory. Have you talked to your therapist about this? (laughs) So, you know, with all, like, the news reports about, like, you know, what is and is not safe, and they were highlighting the airports and talking about, like, the crowds in the airports and things like that, it got me thinking, like, when you fly, um, you know, where does the poop go? Oh, I've always wondered that. <laughs> so, that's my topic. Is where does it all? Where does it all go? 
somebody who thought it just like went out well like, see that's, out of the plane. that is a common thought so <laughs> believe it or not i mean yeah <laughs> i found this information on ripley's believe it or not <gasps> that's where i found the idea for my art for this topic <laughs> Yeah, did you search like weird news? Yes, I did. <laughs> I did. That's how we both got to so the I same got place. Ripley's.com, which was actually a, a great website. It had a lot of different things on there. Um, and it was a very well written article. Um, I got most of this from that, um, and then some of it from The Guardian. So, after a couple in Long Island was pelted with human feces in 2012, <gasps> when an airplane flew over them trailing human waste from their onboard bathroom, it certainly makes people wonder, Ew. where does the shit go when you fly? <laughs> <laughs> so, clearly, you're not the only one wondering. I know. I've, I've always kind of thought that, like, did they dump it mid-flight? So, apparently, bathrooms have come a long way since the earliest days of aviation. The original planes, I'm sure you can probably guess, just had, like, a bucket for you to go in. Yeah, because you weren't flying for very long back then. And in the 30s, in the 1930s, military planes designed a toilet bowl of sorts, kind of, with, like, slits in the bottom um, that did actually dump the contents right out of the plane into the atmosphere. Um, in 1936, the British Royal Air Force had a plane that dumped human waste by using like a pipe that would lead to the outside of the aircraft. And the pipe uh, created such a noisy whistling sound while the plane was in the air that people started to call that type of plane a whistling shithouse. house. <laughs> <laughs> yes this is the this is the one i fly i don't i don't use any other type of plane the whistling shithouse is my preferred (laughs) form of aviation yes only the rich (laughs) (laughs) only the top of the yes (laughs) so it wasn't until like the 60s and 70s when airplane toilets really kind of evolved and they weren't purposefully dumping them out into the atmosphere while they were mid-flight um and they basically just did like the in-air equivalent of a porta potty um yeah that's kind of what i thought is just a porta potty yeah. situation but a little cleaner yeah. and then they in this article called it a sani hut so i'm sure that there are <laughs> co- i can't even say the word colloquialisms as to like regional dialects of what we call that but i usually call it a porta potty i've heard Porta John. Porta John. <laughs> Sandy Hut, whatever. So, in, <laughs> I like Sandy Hut. In the better. 1960s, 70s, <laughs> like <Pizza Hut. laughs> that's what um, commercial air, air flight, air, oh my God, airplanes were using. Um, and then they had blue liquid in them in order to break down the solid waste to keep and to keep the bathroom from smelling at least a little bit better than it would have smelled without the blue liquid. And, you know, before this topic, I always kind of did wonder like, oh, yeah, I, I do. I've seen blue liquid in like in the sanding huts, yeah. if you will. Um, but now I know what that's for. Um, so this blue liquid um was very important to be noted because there were several instances where quote unquote blue ice end quote has fallen onto people from the sky 
so um these 70s style plain bathrooms were notorious for having leaks and the blue (laughs) 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 the blue ice (sighs) refers to um the waste that had the human waste that had um leaked out of the plane's toilets while the plane was in the air and um you know it was in liquid stage but then it starts to freeze when it comes into contact with the outside air and um the the liquid you know would turn into ice and it would be blue because of the blue liquid that was in there to to keep it from smelling shit sickle and uh (laughs) exactly um so this wasn't a big issue because it was like attached to the plane but then when the plane starts to land um, and it changes altitude, that caused the ice to break away from the plane. And although rare, it would sometimes fall on people and has even caused injuries. Oh, my Gross. God. So they nicknamed it Blue Ice. <laughs> <laughs> this was in the 70s, you said? Uh, not entirely. No. That's when it started. Okay. So it so the Federal Aviation Administration reports that people who live in direct flight paths of Chicago's Midway and O'Hare airports file many complaints of blue ice every year. <laughs> so it is still happening to this day. Only only in that air airport? I don't in think that- so. This is just the one that was noted on Ripley's believe it or not. But I would, I would guess that it probably happens in other locations. If you live in a direct flight path and they still use um, these types of planes with the Sandy Hut bathroom situation, I betcha, I betcha it happens all over the place. Well, how do you know if you're in a direct flight path? I guess you live near an airport. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. So... Because I haven't seen any blue ice, so I think we're. I in the feel clear. like I'm, I'm in the clear as well. Because I think you would remember that for sure. <laughs> Thankfully, most modern airplanes today now rely on something called vacuum toilets, and blue ice is yeah. not um, very common anymore. It sounds like a wrap. It, it does. Instead of vanilla ice, blueberry. Ice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's the sequel. <laughs> blue ice. Don't call it a comeback. <laughs> um, yeah, so vacuum toilets have been used in commercial flights since 1982, but some aircrafts to today still use like 60s and 70s style um, airplanes. They're still being used, but see that freaks me out more than than the poop because I want to be in an airplane that is a little younger than from 1960 <laughs> 1970 a little bit safer i maybe? mean i yeah. think that i feel it's time to update those i bad feel boys. like the airplane i'm in should be under 50 years old that is just um, yeah just a... preferably younger than me <laughs> even yeah no that's very true i agree yes younger than me definitely for sure so uh, but apparently there are lots of planes out there that are still that old um so that's why the blue ice still happens today although it is becoming more and more rare. Thank God, those poor people. But to answer my original thought and question, um, planes have have absolutely stopped dumping waste mid-flight 
for a very <laughs> long time and no longer do it on purpose. Okay. So this blue ice situation is just purely accidental. Okay. So that means that if there's like a leak. So oh, okay. they're, they're not, they're not like, saying, on all purpose. right, guys, <laughs> it's time. And then, <laughs> no. So that only happens by accident. So they don't definitely don't dump human waste on purpose mid-flight anymore. So that okay. then answered my original well, question. Thank, thank goodness. Thank goodness. goodness. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of tried to Google because I read in the article it said that it had caused injuries. So I tried to see that I'm curious about like specific instances, and I could only really find like one. I found one notable case that in 2018, a 26-pound chunk of blue ice fell Ooh. out of the sky and into a village in India. You could kill somebody Absolutely. if it's going, you know, really Absolutely. high up. Oh, my God. And then in 2016, a football-sized mass was dropped on a home. It went through the roof and then through the ceiling oh in God. India and fell on a woman named Rajrani Goud. And she sustained shoulder injuries and had to be sent to the hospital. How come I, I thought the same thing? Um, maybe just because of where this the, the article from the Guardian. Yeah, it must have been. Maybe yeah, they use more seventy style planes. Location. I don't know. Maybe but I cannot maybe. imagine. Yeah, They're like, oh my god, Rajrani, what happened? Well, you know, funny, funny you should ask. A flying ice pellet of shit came through my house the other day. And, you know, I mean, I just can't even imagine. That's like something out of Final Destination. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, it must be my time to go if I get hit by one of those things. Like, what are the odds? I know, and the smell. <laughs> but, you know, God does have a sense yeah. of humor, at least. Or the Grim Reaper, whoever. And then I thought about it, and in it, I, I found a little bit more... And it said that airline airline passengers um, in 2016 generated 5.2 million tons of waste. Um, that's just the passengers in the in 2016, and that included both food and toilet waste, miniature wine bottles, unused toothbrushes, and things like that. All together equaled 5.2 million tons of waste, and um, and then it finally answered my my true true question is so when the plane lands they then dispose of all that waste left behind and it's usually either sent to a landfill or it's incinerated. Yeah. So that was that was my topic. Mine was really short. I my my question is who gets to take the waste? A very you know like is it a... young man or lady or someone. <laughs> Is it the like Someone, the flight attendant? I don't think so. I think that it's um the, it's maybe a the maintenance people. job most likely to empty out those sandy huts, if you will. Well, they they do a very good job of you know not letting it smell. I, would I have say. to say, the times that I've been in an airplane, I purposefully held it or didn't go because I was like too afraid to like get up. You've never gone to the no, bathroom but in an I've never airplane? been on an air fl- a flight that lasted longer than like three hours. Oh. 
sometimes I've gone just because like I need to get up and stretch yeah, my legs. The longest too. flight I've ever been on was like three hours, maybe three and a half hours. Um, oh, okay. So- yeah, they're very they're very small, so it's like you really can't yeah, do much else in there. <laughs> that makes me think they want you to get to get to the you know get to business <laughs> and get out. Well, the <laughs> next time you fly and just take a take a little look about see. that. And see, like, do you see any of that blue <laughs> liquid or is it vacuuming out and suctioning out right away? Oh, you know what this make, makes me think of? Um, have you heard of the coronavirus challenge that's going oh, viral God, right what now? What is that? No, I haven't. <laughs> people are licking toilet Oh, seats. I've seen things where people have been licking stuff. And- but toilet yeah. seats somebody oh like what you get well this one girl lick... don't get it oh my god I, I don't know it's really ridiculous but um this one girl licked an an um airplane toilet seat and that one has gotten like you know going viral and like oh it was god. she like young it's so gross yeah i would not want people to oh they're not not like a teenager like I maybe in not... their 20s i, would I don't be know so embarrassed embarrassed it's like that sebastian i know Scalco hbo special aren't you aren't you i know that's what i keep thinking like, <laughs> be like oh my gosh look at me i'm licking a toilet seat you oh <laughs> that's definitely cause yeah. for embarrassment if anything else i know like if you I'm, i don't even feel bad i don't you get it at this you're point just asking for it you're being purposely yeah, unsanitary part of the problem <laughs> who knows you could technically be spreading the virus by doing that or they'll probably get something way worse yes and your mouth Ugh. oh God. but i've also heard things where people have said the toilet seats themselves are not as unsanitary as we think that like a doorknob is more yeah. sanitary than a toilet seat or like yeah or your or, cell yeah, phone. like your cell phone or like your keyboard should, for yeah. your computer or something is technically more oh, unsanitary than a toilet seat yeah that, anything so that I've you touch heard a that. lot i have never tested this theory um and i don't know the source <laughs> if it was credible um you know who knows it could have been like <laughs> buzzfeed or something but um but yeah so maybe they're just i don't know Maybe they're they're posing in a way where it looks like they're licking it. I, one can only hope. I know. I maybe it's somehow edited. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, kids these days they know how to use that TikTok <laughs> technology. Well, that was it. That was my topic. Mine was real short, real sweet. Oh, mine was too. <laughs> so, um, short I will and post sweet. on Instagram on this is the part I don't get some some lovely photographs of the shed um as as well as yeah. maybe perhaps maybe some blue ice out there um yes i would love to see <laughs> i'll see what i can ice. find and jay will of course be posting on our facebook page um on this is the part i don't yeah. get and as always while you were home while you were being quarantined and you have lots of free time um and you're sick of staring at the people in the middle of your four walls and you can't leave your home <laughs> go ahead and email us at the part i don't get at gmail.com and we will gladly answer these questions yes or it doesn't have to be a question it can just it can be a comment know, tell us about your quarantine it can be a comment have you experienced yeah. blue eyes 
Do you ever think feel like you can <laughs> shit on? Do you want to go eat in a shed? Other than by bird? You know, let us know. <laughs> let us know about these things and we'll be we'll be happy <laughs> to to add those comments on air. Yeah. We'll Google it. For All you. right. Well, I will talk to you later. Right. Stay safe out All there, right. folks. Have a good night. <laughs>